RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The chief executive defends the government's dynamic clearance zero COVID strategy, saying it's the best fit for Hong Kong. A top virologist says all non-essential activities should be halted for up to 10 days in order to bend the curve of COVID infections. And the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association calls for the setting up of a hotline to divert COVID patients away from busy A&E departments. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has defended the government's dynamic clearance zero COVID strategy, saying it best suits Hong Kong. She said at the weekly press briefing, the recent spike in infections has led to discussions as to what policy the SAR should adopt. But she reiterated that the best way to contain the spread of COVID-19 as much as possible. She spoke through an interpreter. Some people say that if we are to achieve dynamic zero, it means a high social and monetary cost. But I'd like to say that lives, public health and the integrity of our public healthcare system has to be preserved. And some people commented that dynamic zero cannot be sustained. But this is the time for us to boost our vaccination rate so as to avoid the pressure that no one can take, as I've mentioned before. Mrs. Lamb added that she'll be announcing more anti-epidemic measures later today after discussing them at the Executive Council meeting. Mrs. Lamb also said she doesn't see any need to postpone the chief executive election in view of the present COVID situation. She said the poll, scheduled to take place in late March, is a small-scale event with no more than 1,500 electors. She said it's much easier to ensure it's conducted in a safe manner as opposed to holding the LegCo polls, which involve millions of voters. A top virologist says all non-essential activities should be halted for at least a week or 10 days in order to bend the curve of COVID infections. Yesterday, authorities reported a record 614 infections, double the previous day. University of Hong Kong virologist Professor Malik Paris says people's activities over the Lunar New Year holidays contributed to the current spike in infections. He said a major priority now was to boost the elderly vaccination rate and keep people off the streets. If you want to bend the curve of this increasing numbers of cases, uh, we will have to probably stop all activities, all work except the most essential um, um, emergency activities for at least a week or 10 days to bend this curve. Professor Paris also expressed doubts about distributing free test kits to everyone to root out cases. Giving a rapid test kit is an extremely useful tool and it has been used in a number of uh, other countries. But the issue is that people are may be unlikely to self-test themselves if the consequence, as in the past, was uh, them getting isolated in hospital for many, many weeks and then your family members getting um, locked up in quarantine. Sources have told RTHK that Hong Kong will report around 600 new COVID-19 infections today compared to the record 614 cases health officials reported yesterday. Authorities said yesterday there were also over 600 preliminary positive cases. The head of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, Tony Ling, has urged health authorities to set up triage hotlines for people who test positive for COVID to reduce the need for them to visit emergency rooms at public hospitals. A&E departments at hospitals have seen long queues recently as more infected patients head there for confirmation tests or for medical treatment. 
Dr. Ling said these patients have to wait a long time before they're admitted to hospital because isolation rooms are running out. He says while COVID patients will be separated from other patients, there still could be transmission risks. The separation of COVID and other patients in emergency rooms is starting to get blurry. If a COVID patient arrives, there is definitely a chance that he or she will mix with other patients for a short time. A&D staff will try our best to shorten that time, but we can't make any promises if the outbreak goes on like this. Hotlines could really be set up so the Centre for Health Protection can sort patients. We can then prevent a situation where several thousand preliminary positive patients head to the A&E for treatment, which is possible in future. Emergency rooms need to conserve manpower to deal with other patients. The Shenzhen government says five cross-border truck drivers have tested positive for COVID since Friday last week. Its port office says three of them were traveling to Hong Kong and two to Shenzhen when their infections were detected. It says the drivers' close contacts have been sent to quarantine and the places they've been to had been disinfected. The office called on drivers to strictly follow the mainland anti-epidemic measures and protect themselves for the safety and health of the general public. Some traders said the infections had affected the importation of goods like fresh vegetables, causing an increase in prices. The government has announced that a lockdown for a block of flats in Shamshui Po will be extended for another day after 22 people tested preliminary positive during an overnight testing operation. The lockdown was imposed after sewage samples from Fu Yut House in Fu Chong Estate tested positive for COVID. And authorities said there is a higher risk of infection. Residents will now have to undergo a second COVID test. The testing operation was meant to be completed by 10 a.m. today, but now it's scheduled to end at 10 a.m. tomorrow instead. The government has lifted lockdowns on two blocks of flats in Sha Tin after finding 28 preliminary positive cases. The authorities said that more than 8,000 people at Mei Chi House and Mei King House had undergone two rounds of testing. The authorities lifted the lockdown for Meiji House at 9 a.m. this morning after finding 15 preliminary positive cases. Meanwhile, the lockdown for May King House was lifted at 9.45 a.m. after 13 preliminary positive cases were found. Meiji House and May King House were among three blocks at May Tin Estate issued with a compulsory testing notice on Sunday. The lockdown for one of the blocks, May Sao House, ended yesterday. The president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, Simon Wong, has warned that business for the sector could drop by as much as 50 percent if the government tightens anti-epidemic restrictions. Wong cited a rather terrible Lunar New Year period last week when business dropped up to 60 percent as people canceled banquets and celebrations. Mr. Wong told Janice Wong that if eateries were limited to having two people per table, he'd hope their dining-in hours could be extended. We want the government to uh, extend the business hours to, say, the, to 10 p.m. So even if uh, you know, restaurants can only house uh, two people per table, um, then we can still do some business. You know, the, this is what we expect the government to do. Security Chief Chris Tang says the government is aiming to submit a bill on Article 23 national security legislation for lawmakers to vet by the end of this year. Mr. Tang told lawmakers at a security panel meeting today he hopes to return by May to consult them on the bill. The official was briefing lawmakers on his bureau's work in carrying out the key promises in Chief Executive Kerry Lam's latest policy address, which includes moving ahead with the enactment of Article 23 national legislation. 
Election Committee lawmaker Maggie Chan asked if the law could be enacted sooner. Mr. Tang answered through an interpreter. We are now trying to see what elements should be comprised under the legislation and what criminal acts should be included and how it should be enforced. So apart from looking at the experience uh, back in 2003, we have also been trying to look at the situation in Hong Kong for the past two years and also the relevant legislation in the mainland and overseas. And then also the experience that we have gained after the implementation of the NSL. So we'll be able to be aware of the challenges that we're going to face. So this is not a simple matter. It is a very complicated issue. President Putin has said talks with France's President Macron on the tensions surrounding Ukraine have been useful and substantive. Russia has amassed more than 100,000 troops on the Ukrainian border. At a joint news conference in the Kremlin, Mr. Putin said some of Mr. Macron's ideas for security in Europe were realistic. I would like to stress one thing. Of course, I understand we have a common concern over European security. And I would like to thank you for the fact that France is always trying to keep the decision-making process free and open and has provided a fair perspective since the start of the relationship. President Macron said the coming days were crucial, but he had found points of convergence with Moscow. Today, Mr. Macron will follow several European Union foreign ministers in visiting Ukraine. President Biden says diplomacy remains the best way to resolve the Ukraine crisis, but the U.S. and its allies would be ready if Russia invaded. He was speaking after talks at the White House with the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who warned Moscow it would pay a high price for any attack. So far, Mr. Schultz has been vague about what sanctions he'd support in such an event. Mr. Biden warned of swift and severe consequences if Russia violates Ukraine's territorial integrity. Germany and the United States, together with our allies and partners, are working closely together to pursue diplomatic resolutions of this situation. And diplomacy is the very best way forward for all sides, we both agree, including best for Russia, in our view. And we have made it very clear we're ready to continue talks in good faith with Russia. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,178. That's 400 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $73.1 billion. Looking at currency, one U.S. dollar will buy you 115.33 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and 14 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 54 cents. To sports where hometown favorite Gu Ailing, also known as Ellen Eileen Gu, has won a spectacular gold medal for China at the Beijing Winter Olympics as she won the inaugural women's free ski big air title. After a strong opening jump, the 18-year-old saved her best for last when she managed four rotations before grabbing the outside of her ski and landing backwards. The stunning jump saw her snatch first place from Frances Tesladu, the big air champion at last month's X Games in Aspen, who had to settle for silver. This is China's third gold medal at the Beijing Winter Olympics so far. The football associations of the UK and the Republic of Ireland have agreed not to bid for the 2030 World Cup and will instead focus on a joint bid to host Euro 2028. The BBC's Les McGregor has more. The last and only time a footballing World Cup was held in the UK, England 1966. 
The FA, aided by the likes of David Beckham, were unsuccessful with a bid for the 2018 tournament, which went to Russia. The hope was a joint UK effort, which included the promise of huge investments at grassroots level, might be viewed by FIFA as a more attractive proposal. However, in a statement, the FA said that bid wouldn't be tabled, and the focus was now on jointly hosting Euro 2028, citing that a smaller tournament would cost less to deliver and the benefits realised sooner. Former England manager Roy Hodgson says he'd be happy to see his country host either tournament. We have everything really needed for a country to to host a World Cup. But hosting the Euros is a very, very important occasion as well. So I've not, not been party to the discussions they've obviously had, but it would be great if we get the 28 one and if backing away from the World Cup makes it much more possible for us to get the Euros in 2028, then I should be more than happy with that. The English Premier League returns tonight after a two-week winter break. Fourth place Manchester United travel to bottom side Burnley in one of three matches. United boss Ralph Rangnick has confirmed that midfielder Jesse Lingard will be in the squad. Lingard was linked with a lone move to a number of clubs during the transfer window, but will be in the lineup alongside Edison Cavani, who returns from injury. Both are top professionals. Both have been training well with regard to uh, Jesse. I have a very good relationship with him. He knows that I would have been willing to let him go, at least until the issue with Mason came up. There are no problems whatsoever between myself and, 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 and Jesse um, and vice versa. In other Premier League action tonight, fifth place West Ham United uh, host Watford. The Hammers are a point outside the top four. Frank Lampard's Everton visit Newcastle. In Spain, Athletic Bilbao have moved a step closer to the top four in La Liga after beating Espanyol 2-1. They're four points behind fourth place Barcelona for the final Champions League spot. Bilbao knocked, uh, knocked Real Madrid out of the Copa del Rey last week. They host Valencia in the first leg of the semifinals on Thursday. Tens of thousands of football fans have packed the streets of the Senegalese capital, Dakar, to welcome home their national team, which won its first Africa Cup of Nations on Sunday. Yesterday was declared a public holiday. The BBC's reporter in Dakar, Emmeline Nisingi Nikosi, has been with the waiting fans. I mean, there are just swarms of people walking towards the airport, and it's just not stopping Everybody has beaming smiles. I mean, I've never seen so many different ways of wearing a flag. I've seen it as a cape. I've seen it as a vest. I've seen it around the head. I mean, it's fantastic to see. And the energy is just pretty much the same as yesterday. You can hear people going past, you know, with their motorbikes. The temperature is 18 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 73%. And that is the news at 1 o'clock from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. We kicked off the show with Adele and Easy On Me. So welcome to the 123 Show. Now, it is Tuesday, which means we have a bit of a foodie taste to the show. After 1.30, my guest on Soundbite will be Namratha Bindra. She was nominated by a friend to come on Soundbite because supposedly when she's not doing her day job, she's actually baking scrumptious cakes. Now, check out the pics on my RTHK Facebook page because they will get you salivating. Honestly, they will. After 2 p.m., Andrew Dembina is here with the latest local and global food and drinks news. And then after 2.30, I check out the top 10 trends for 2022 for products that are predicted to fly off the shelf. So that is all coming up. And I tell you,